Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Oh gosh, Justin and Jennifer, I just uh, thank you. Where, where did she go? She's probably got a baby somewhere. There you are. Thank you so much for having me. I truly call this an honor to come and bring the word of God to your house, to this beautiful house in beautiful Vancouver. What you have built over the last, I mean, how many years now are we in? Five years. Too far back probably, but five years, that is an incredible amount of time to have created such a beautiful well for so many people. And truly the worship, I I just, as somebody coming into this environment, I know many of you, I mean, you live here, you're here in the house every Sunday, whether it's the 10 a.m. or the 12 p.m. if you had, you know, a later night on Saturday. And you might come in and you're like, this is, you know, this is just, this is just what we have. And I just want to remind you that this actually is absolutely extraordinary what God is doing in this house, the environment of worship. And uh, I truly believe that this is a well. And as I stood here and took in the environment and took in the presence of the Holy Spirit, absolutely beautiful. And so it's incredible just what is happening here at Vivid Church. Great honor to be here. As as, uh, Pastor Justin said, yes, we come from my church, beautiful church. We've been going 11 years. So Anytime I say that to somebody, I'm like, the church is aging, but I'm not, right? You know, I'm like, how are we 11 years in? But truly, we are in our greatest decade. And I do believe that the church, the church, capital C Church, and the the church in Canada is in her greatest hour. And so I believe it a great responsibility to be leading in this time and to be leading our family. So speaking of my family, they are all very cute. We have a photo, I believe. Yeah, we do. Okay, so they're very cute. We've got Finley, Joy, and okay, I'll go in order. Judah Scott, he's in the middle. He's our firstborn. And then Abby, Grace, Finley, Joy, and Rowan, Everly, Rain. She got all the names because I was like, this is our final four and no more. Uh, I love the anointing that is upon your house for many children. And uh, I do believe that this house is fruitful in, in children. I mean, I'm talking about what? Oh, yes, right. How wild. So three pastors' family. So it's Caleb and I, Kobe and Jenna, Jennifer and Justin. We are going to have a big potluck today, and there's going to be 16 kids in one house. And so pray for us. Amen. All right, let's dive in. I'm already, time is evading me, but the, the title of my message is The Other Side of Obedience. The other side of obedience, and you might be like, oh gosh, Pastor Julie, we were just talking about peace. Like, is this not a message about peace? Well, actually it is, because what I have come to know is when I'm obedient to God, and when my life is in submission to Christ, I experience the most peace that I will ever experience. I've learned that running from God versus running with God is actually, uh, it produces absolutely no peace and unrest, anxiety, worry, all these kinds of things. And so we're going to dive into a conversation around obedience. And let's just open it up into Jonah. I mean, everybody who's been raised in church, you know Jonah, you know the whale. We're just going to quickly skim the surface. But Jonah 1, it opens up talking about who Jonah is. It says, let's go there together. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Can you say that after me? Say that great city. 
Come on, that great city. And cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So now what you need to know about Nineveh at this time, it is the capital city of Assyria. And Assyria at this time is known uh, as a barbaric city. nation. It's known as a barbaric people. When the Assyrian people would go through, you know, different cities, it was, I don't know if there's kids in the room, but it was quite barbaric uh, how they would leave a place. And so there's quite a reputation. And so when the word of the Lord goes to Jonah and, and God says, hey, Jonah, why don't you go uh, hang out with these people? Jonah's like, uh, not me. I mean, I am a prophet to Israel at this time, but I'm just going to like, I'm going to exit this call of God and actually avoid and evade uh, what you're calling me to do. And so this is what he does. Jonah flees, instead of going in the direction of God, he flees from the presence of God and he goes to Tarshish. He went down, it says, to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish and it says he paid the fare. He paid the fare to go there. But the Lord, as we know, he sent what? A great storm. And here we are talking about peace here this morning. And uh, here Jonah finds himself running from God and a storm picks up. And I love the maturity on Jonah that even though he decided to go in the opposite direction of God, when a storm hits, you know, many of us run from God. We run from his calling, the assignment, uh, the promises of God, and we run in the opposite direction for many reasons. Fear of man, insecurities, uh, it's too hard, I don't like it. There's many reasons why we run from the call of God on our lives, but you know what? I love the maturity on Jonah. That when the storm hit the boat, he was like, it's my fault, guys. <laughs> it's my fault. I mean, there's, there's a storm happening. The, the crew is like throwing all the cargo over the side, trying to lighten the load. He's having a nap in like the bottom end of the boat. I don't know what it's called. I don't, you know, do that. But it's in the base of the boat. He's napping. And what happens? The captain comes to him and he's like, yo, Jonah, what's going on here? Why are you asleep? And he comes up here. They ended up pulling sticks. They went, you know, it's old school. So they pulled sticks. Jonah got the short end to find out whose fault is this? And so then they go, Jonah, what's going on? Like, why is there this great storm? He begins to tell them that I'm a Hebrew. And actually, I serve the God who walked, who I serve the God of the land and the sea. And what Jonah is saying to the people on this ship is, I'm the guy, my lineage, my history, my people walk through dry land. And so immediately, all of these men are going, you serve that God? Well, okay, so you're at fault for this then. You serve the God of the land and the sea? And so what's going on? Yeah, guys, it's my fault. They chuck them overboard. They chuck them overboard and... Graciously, truly, the grace of God, uh, a whale comes along and, and uh, brings him into his gut. How disgusting. Three days, three nights, swallows him up. And as he's in this belly of a whale, he cries out to God. I mean, I just, I already, I'm looking at his story, and I know many of us, we know the end of the story, and we're all polishing our halos, and we're like, Jonah, like, gosh. Like, what's wrong with you? Did you not know that you'd be thrown overboard? Did you not know that you'd be swallowed by a whale? But no, we are all, we all have a bit of a Jonah in us, don't we? Some of us have a hard time inviting our baristas to church. 
this morning. Some of us have a hard time being obedient to share the gospel with your coworker or, or bringing that soup or that uh, whatever to your neighbor when they're going through a hard time. We struggle with obedience, okay, all of us. Let's level the playing field. But here he is in the belly of a whale and he cries out to God. And God hears his cry, the the whale spits him out, and he ends up being obedient to God. And we're going to talk about this. He ends up being obedient to God and bringing the word of God to this people group that he had such an attitude towards. And he ends up being obedient. Something beautiful comes of it. But I really want to dive into this and talk about what does disobedience look like and what is the fruit of an obedient son and an obedient daughter of God. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. Thank you that you're speaking already. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for this house. Thank you for the anointing that is upon this people. God, thank you for Vancouver, Canada. Thank you that you have so positioned this house to be such a light on a hill. And I pray, God, that this word would go out and it would stir up, God, every promise, every promise that you have spoken over uh, men and women, sons and daughters, families, marriages. I pray, God, that this word would be like a divine interruption. And that if we have been running in the wrong direction, running from you, God, I pray that this word would bring us into alignment again, to run with you, to run with the spirit of God. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, I remember we were, you know, going through the stampede. We were just in Calgary. We just got here from Calgary, and Caleb and I were like, let's hit the stampede. I was like, babe, I just landed at like five in the morning. But he's like, you've got to see it. If you don't know, Caleb, he grew up on a farm, and so he's all about it. He's like, let's go see how these things are birthed. Let's like, let's get in it, be about it. I was like, let's, okay, let's go. So we take our four kids, and we don't have eight, but it's still like herding cats, okay? It's a real, it's real. So we get there, and I'm like going, we're going through crowds and I'm not, I haven't been in crowds in a long time. It was actually fabulous. It was wonderful. But I'm looking out for my kids because I'm, I saw a stand going lost kids center. I'm like, oh God, it was at the entrance. I'm like, thank you for welcoming me. I'm now terrified. So I'm yelling out any moms in the house. You're, as you're going through crowds, what do you do? You yell out direction. We're going right, right? You like yell it out. You don't trust that they're following following you, because chances are they're getting distracted by something shiny on the floor. And so as I'm going through, we're going right, we're going left, and I check over my shoulder to watch and make sure that they're following me. And honestly, the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, you know what, Julie, that's a lot like leading you. And I was like, what do you mean? It's a lot like leading all those people. He's like, no, you. You get distracted. I give you direction. I've given you a promise. I've even given you a word. Maybe 15 years old, there's still words I'm holding on to that I have not yet seen come to fruition. And he's like, listen, you get distracted. You get pushed off course, whether it be by your own disobedience, whether it be circumstantial, your insecurities, the stuff that's going on in the country, the stuff that's going on in your city, your relationships, you get distracted. You're a bit tough to lead. And so I just want to say, hey, we all are on a growth curve. When it comes to our obedience, we all struggle with uh, being great followers. I love how Pastor Justin said, we're followers. We're following Jesus. He makes the calls. 
And so we've got to learn how to be obedient. The first sign kind of of disobedience, let's see where we're at, but disobedience, it will run you down. It'll run you down. We read this about Jonah as, as he decided, he was like, hey, the word of the Lord, hey, why don't you go to Nineveh? And he was like, why don't you go to, I'm just kidding. He's like, I'm not going to Nineveh. Uh-uh. I'm not going to see those people. I know what they are about. I know what they're like. I've heard the stories. I've seen the aftermath. I am not going there. What you need to know also, the Assyrian people, Israel was their greatest enemy. And so here's a prophet of Israel where God's going, go see. He's like, nah. So he goes where? He goes instead to Tarshish. And it says that he went down. I want to read that again. Whenever he went to on the boat, being disobedient to the word of God, it says that he went down. He had to go down to Joppa to catch the ship. And he found the ship, paid the fare, and he went down and into it from the presence of the Lord. Very important. He went down and away from the presence of the Lord. And even, even then, he continued to go down into the lowest parts of the ship, and he went fast asleep. I don't know about you, but when I am not obedient and walking in my calling and in my grace, I often find myself run down exhausted, struggling with depressive thoughts, just wanting to sleep my way through the day and just exist. Anybody else? How can I numb? How can I escape? Well, this is Jonah's space. He would rather be asleep in the bow of a boat, in the lowest parts of the boat, than fighting for his life. The storm kicks up. Don't you find it interesting? I just, I have to read, when I read the word of God, I'm very visual. I'm like, I need, I'm like, I put me in the boat. I'm like there, I'm one of the, like, I'm like on the captain's team. I'm chucking stuff overboard. I'm in the story. And, and I'm going, I'm, I'm going, why is he not up there? Where's Jonah? Why isn't he fighting for his life? Why is he not helping to lighten the load? What can I do? How can I help? No, instead, Jonah is asleep. Instead, he's just waiting for this storm to take him out. I don't know how this last season has been for you. There's been so many storms swirling around uh, the world, our nation, and possibly it has personally affected your life, your marriage, your relationships, your work. Uh, but it can put you in a place where you just kind of want to go, that's it, I'm calling it. Like Jonah, like take me out, I'm done. Jonah isn't running towards his calling. He's going to a place where they wouldn't know his name, where they wouldn't know what he did, where they wouldn't know uh, that he was a prophet, where he would have absolutely no responsibility or expectation. Does that sound a little bit like maybe what you've been craving? Like, I just want to go somewhere else where nobody knows my name. You're like, cheers does not sound like a good idea. That just aged myself. I'm okay with it. Where everybody knows your name. Yeah, I had to do it. I had to do it. But he instead, he's like, no, I want to go away from my identity. I want to run from my calling. Anybody else? And so here he is, asleep, run down. And this is what running away from your calling, your purpose, and your destiny looks like and feels like. 
You'll find yourself running away from, from your, your grace. And that is where he, it actually all turned around and the grace of God shows up in his life. But I want to really highlight on the map, just, it's just so good to see the distance between where he was, where God was calling him, and where he had to go. So just to give you a good idea, here he is in Joppa, 550 miles to, to be obedient to God. And instead, he's like, no, I'm not going to take, I'm going to take a trip. It's time for a vacation. And he takes 2,500 miles to Tarshish. How many know that when you are disobedient to God and when you stop running with him, it's a whole lot harder? There, it's a whole, and it takes a whole lot longer. What I have found is when I'm not obedient to God, I start picking up things that I'm not graced for. I start getting, I'm the, I'm the kid getting distracted, like, ooh, maybe this is my calling and destiny. And what I find is I'm actually not graced for this. You've got to get creative, don't you? When you are not obedient to the God call on your life, you start picking stuff up and distracting yourself, and, and there's no grace for it. What I have found is in this world, you will have trouble, right? You will have trouble, but Jesus says, but take heart, for I have overcome. And so there is a trouble that there is grace for. And then there is a trouble where there is no grace. When you're obedient to God, there is a grace. There is a wind in your sails versus on your boat taking you out. There is such a grace on your life when you just are surrendered and yielded. I love John 5:19, where Jesus says, I only do. I I don't do anything on my own. I only do what the Father tells me to do, meaning I'm a yielded son. I'm here, not of my own. I'm not even representing myself. I represent the Father, and I do everything the Father tells me to do. Our lives ought to look like Jesus's. I, I, I'm, not even here repres- I'm not even here today representing Julie and, and all the natural parts of who I am. No, I'm here representing the Father. And I'm yielded to him and I'm surrendered to him and I go where he tells me to go. And I don't go where he tells me to stop. Right? We are yielded, sons and daughters. But being disobedient runs you down. And you hit storms you're not graced for. So disobedience already, it doesn't sound like a good idea, does it? No. Let's keep talking about it. Uh, Disobedience, it'll delay your destiny. It'll delay your destiny, but delayed obedience will delay your destiny. Many of us often sit in this place of, you know, like one day, I mean, it's really hard to, to say no to God, isn't it? That's what I have found. When the call of God comes to my life or when I receive a dream or I read the word of God and I, I'm, I'm so faced with the reality that I have so much growth in my own life to look like Jesus or to look like even his disciples, their obedience and their surrendered, they're, they're so yielded. I go, oh gosh, there's such a gap between my reality and the, the heroes of scripture. Uh, and so what we do is we go, you know what, uh, just not yet. It's just not a good time. Anybody? Like with the, we delay our obedience and we say not yet because saying no is actually all too uh, confronting. What I have found with delays and when it comes to travel, anybody, I mean, travel is just the greatest example of delays because we have all been there. And I remember when I was uh, heading to the airport um, on my way to California, 
I had my flight, I had my ticket, I even checked in, like I pre-boarded, which is fantastic for me. I am not administratively gifted. I had my boarding pass and they hit me at the, at the uh, wherever you check in and they go, actually, no, you're, they didn't hit me, but I'm trying to be cool, babe. <laughs> Uh, so I'm at the, I'm at the check-in, <laughs> and, and they're like, I'm sorry, you don't have a ticket. Your ticket is canceled. I was like, I'm sorry, what? No, I, I was organized this time. I have a boarding pass. I show it to her. She's like, I'm sorry, you just, you don't have a ticket. I'm like, what are you talking about? And so she goes, no, I'm, I, I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, I have to make a connection in Toronto which already I'm like, oh, Jesus, please let all the stars align, you know? And they're like, we'll get you on the next flight. I got on my, the next flight. I'm like, thank you. They're like, you're going to have to boot it, though, in that airport. You better, like, run like you've never run before. I'm like, I can do that. I work out. I'm going to prove it. So I get there, and the lineup is like I exit the airplane, and I'm in a line, you know? I'm like, what is happening? These ladies who look like they just had a fantastic vacation, tanned, awesome accent, don't know where it was from, don't ask me, but it was cool. So they're like standing around talking and I'm like, I'm going to miss my flight, I'm freaking out. It boards in about 15 minutes. And they look at me, they go, so like, what are you doing standing here? Like, you're, you're boarding in 15 minutes? These people have been here for two hours. I was like, really? I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna miss my flight. They're like, no, you're not. I was like, I'm not. They were like, the, I'm like, where are they in my life on a Tuesday night when I'm like, uh, like I, they were the, you know, they're like, you go and you get it. You get up there. I was like, okay. So with my little bag, there's like a, a free, you know, row and all like hundreds of people being so obedient and so good to wait. You're so Canadian, really. And we're just so kind and patient. And so I take off and I wheel my bag. And as I'm walking along, all of these people, they're all like starting to whisper, like, who does she think she is? We've been here for two hours. Where is she going? I'm like, just, you know, zone in, zone in. And I get to the front and I go to a lady in a uniform who was not having a very good day. And I, in front of hundreds of people, I go, excuse me, excuse me. And she looks at me. And she looks the other direction. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> I wasn't giving up. She goes, yes. And I go, I, my flight is, is boarding in 15 minutes. <laughs> All these people. I, would I be able to get on, like, be able to come, come to the front of the line? And she said, ma'am. All of these people have flights leaving in 15 minutes. <laughs> Get back in line. I was like, oh, really? This is not how it went in my head. In my head, I'm like, why isn't anybody cheering? Like, why is it like, I thought it was a movie. Where's the music, you know? Uh, and I just, I, I was like, hey, that's it. I start texting Caleb. I'm like, I think this is the end. I'm going to come back home. Anyway, it turns out really kind people in the line were like, just come in best people ever. I was like, do you need a kidney, like a liver? Like, what do you need? I'll give you whatever you need. And I was so thankful. I ran through the gate, got on the airplane. The airplane was very angry. They were waiting for me. But I got on the airplane, made it to California. And what I love about, I know you're like, there wasn't much of a delay. Well, there actually was. But what it required of me, there was so many moments of pushback. Right? There were so many moments where I could have allowed the delay. 
I could have allowed the attitudes of the people around me who are like, who does she think she is? Going and, and getting what she was, you know, made for, called for. You hear what I'm saying? There are so many p- moments of cancel, hello, cancel culture. I'm canceling you. Actually, you don't have a flight. There were so many moments where I could have allowed the, the stuff that was coming at me to delay what I was meant to be obedient to. But instead, I pushed. I pushed through the obstacles. And I want to encourage you here in this place. I don't know what has come up against you where you have felt canceled, where you have felt misunderstood, where there have been people around you. Who do you think you are? I want to encourage you to not delay your obedience, but to push past those delays that will come at you. There's a reason why Jonah was delayed, and I'm supposed to end at what time? There's no timer, and that's terrifying. Fifth, okay, perfect. That's perfect. There's a reason why Jonah delayed his obedience. The, the reason why Jonah was not going to Nineveh is because of an offense. His offense against uh, the people of Nineveh was the reason why he hung back and decided to go in the other direction. And let's look at it. The reason why he went onto that boat is his attitude towards them. And this is what's really revealing in Jonah 4, 4 to 11. After God decided to withhold his judgment from Jonah... Jonah finds himself in in a really interesting place. Instead of being amongst the people after delivering the word of the Lord to the Assyrian people, instead of being there like, yes, like you love Jesus, you love God, Jesus didn't come yet, you love God, I love God, and you're turning your lives around. Instead of having a party, Jonah's like, see you guys, I'm going to go outside the city and wait for God to cast his judgment upon you because I don't actually believe that you were worthy of this moment. And so where does he find himself? It says he became exceedingly angry and he prayed to the Lord and he said, Lord, was not this what I said would happen when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled. I ran from this for I know this is so interesting. You're a gracious and merciful God, but he's saying it in a tone like I knew you would do this. I knew you would meet these people with your abundant kindness, loving kindness. You're a merciful God. You're slow to anger. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me. I would rather die than live. Jonah's sitting on the outside of the city, watching the people that he thought did not deserve his presence, his presence, didn't deserve the presence of God, didn't deserve the mercy of God. And he's looking over this city like, I knew you would do this. I knew you would give them your mercy. And it's frustrating, Jonah. And it's revealing something in his heart against the people that God needed to correct. How many know that we can have it right with God and and wrong with people? We can be right when it comes to our heart for God, but wrong when it comes to our heart for people. Even ministers can miss the heart of God when ministering and when delivering the word of the Lord. This is really challenging. Uh, God says to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? Is it right, Jonah, for you to be angry right now when I'm giving my grace to these people? Is that okay? And I love when the Spirit of God asks us a question because he's making a statement. He goes on to say this. 
I love, I love how, how he just brings such compassion around this city that Jonah is judging. He says there are a hundred, where is it here? You have pity, okay, we're skipping the plant. Should I not pity, here it is, should I not pity Nineveh? That again, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons and they cannot discern between the right hand and the left hand. What the Spirit of God is saying to Jonah is, listen, Jonah, here you are outside the city casting judgment. You, all you're doing is counting the cost while I am counting the souls of the people. The Spirit of God was able to number the people in the city. There are 120,000 people who, Jonah, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know between the right and their left hand. I am sending you into this city to help them find their way back to me. And so the compassion of of God is so felt in this moment, and it was a corrective moment. And I believe what it would say to us here, I believe that there's many of us who carry attitudes or perceptions or judgments towards people. We are living at a time where it has been so, uh, there has been so many opportunities to misunderstand one another, to be divided rather than united, uh, to be apart rather than together. And I believe that this is just such a prophetic uh, correction to us in 2022 to go, hey, uh, maybe you're missing the heart of God when it comes to uh, why you are where you are. Wherever you find yourself, whether in your marriage, in your family, the heart of God, I pray uh, that we come around his heart and get his heart for the people that he's entrusted to you. Don't allow offense. Uh, to keep you from where God is calling you. Amen? Don't delay your obedience because of an offense you've carried because on the other side of obedience is freedom. On the other side, this is what's waiting for us. This is what's waiting for you in your life. On the other side of obedience is freedom. See, what I have found is, is when we are obedient to God, as I said in John 5, 19, Jesus, I only do what my Father is doing and what he asks me to do. When I am yielded to Christ and when I'm fully submitted and obedient to his call upon my life, there's not just freedom for myself, freedom from a ship that's going down. Let's talk about Jonah, a ship going down, freedom from a whale. Let's remember what God delivered, graciously delivered Jonah from. He delivered him from a ship and a whale that was going down. And when he decided to yield himself to Christ, when he decided to yield himself to God, he was free, and he set others free. And this is our great uh, authority. This is your great anointing on this side of eternity as followers of Jesus Christ. You have been made free to set others free. We've been set free so we can set others free because this is what I know. Free people, free people. I'm not talking about the store, although I love it. Free people, free people. Whole people, heal people. Amen. Loved people, love people. You know, David was called, his name means the beloved of God. He's beloved, but he knows how to be loved. 
When you understand how loved you are, it's incredible the giants you'll overcome in your life. Amen. So on the other side of Jonah's obedience, this is why this is so important. This is, I know it's not a popular uh, topic for a guest speaker to come in with, so you must be obedient. <laughs> Obey. You're like, go home. <laughs> I understand. I know what I'm delivering here, but I also understand and I'm contending for what's on the other side of your obedience and what's on the other side of a house, of a family, which is what we are here as the house of God. I mean, we've come from all over the place and here we are in this room and wherever we are in Vancouver. And uh, we've been uniquely joined together for such a time as this. What is on the other side of your obedience, Vivid Church? What is on the other side of men and women? Because it's personal. It must be personal. It's a personal obedience to Christ. But what could be on the other side of your obedience? On the other side of Jonah's was, was not just a few people going, wow, that was so inspiring. Thank you, Jonah, for coming and not showering after being spat out of a whale. I'm pretty sure they just went, yes, we will have uh, salvation. We will turn from our wicked ways because you just smell really bad. And can you go back to where you've come from? <laughs> no, no, no. But honestly, the, on the other side of his obedience was a whole people group, a whole city turning their hearts back to God. And I have such a heart for Canada. I have such a stirring in my spirit for Canada. And I believe we are in glorious days. As I said, the church is in her greatest hour. And I believe on the other side, Vivid Church, I do believe this. This house is a city. It's a house on a hill in a city that desperately needs to know, uh, we're not confused in here. We know the truth. We know Jesus. We have the truth living on the inside of us. And on the other side of you, yielding to Christ and going, all right, whatever that looks like. I know if I even just ask the question, what is the breakthrough that the Holy Spirit wants for you in this season? What breakthrough does the Holy Spirit want for you? I know many of you could pull it up even now. I know the breakthrough, whether it be a dream, whether it be a, a book, whether it be a business, whether it be a fresh idea that this world needs, whether it be your marriage, your relationships. On the other side of you yielding to Christ and being obedient with that is not just freedom for you, but freedom for many, possibly freedom for a city. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand on up to your feet, and we're just going to pray and, and quickly close. I believe that, um, that God just wants to, uh, as I said earlier, I believe that he wants to just uh, realign you, realign you. And how, how beautiful with Jonah uh, that whenever he yielded himself uh, to Christ, there was so much breakthrough, not just for him, but for the many people on the other side. And I believe that that is waiting for you here in this season. If you're in this place, and we're gonna, there's a moment coming where you can really reconnect in your relationship with Jesus. That might be you. But right now, I just want to pray into this word and believe that the Spirit of God is going to realign you again. Jonah, he missed it. He missed it on that boat. He missed it in the whale. But how many are grateful that we serve of God? Not just, not of second chances, but of new beginnings. 
new beginnings. Many of you in this place are like, Pastor Julie, that is me. I have been running. I'm, I, I'm, so, um, I'm so aware of what it looks like to not run with God, God but from God. I want to encourage your heart in this place that there is a new beginning for you. Like Jonah, his grace and his mercy, he's just like, hey, the promise is still waiting for you. The assignment is still waiting for you. If that's you in this place, and you'd say, Pastor Julie, I want to be yielded to Christ, and I, I want to realign myself. Yeah, that's me. I've been kind of running my own way. If that's you, we're just going to pray and ask God to speak to your heart of what it is that he's calling you into that he would realign you in Jesus' name. Amen. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you that you love every single person in this room and you know the story just as you knew the number of people in the city. You know the number of people here and you know the stories. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would uh, align us again. Those of us who have been running our own way, we've been running from you, God, instead of running with you, God, for fear, intimidation, insecurity, whatever it is, you know, you know why. And I pray that you would uh, just realign us again so that we would run in our God-given passions, callings, and anointings. God, I thank you that there are so, uh, there's such specific assignments on every single household, on every single man, on every single woman, child, teenager. God, I thank you that you are uh, fighting and contending for their calling and assignments in this season. And I pray, God, that we would experience, every single one of us, the full inheritance of God, the full inheritance of God that you have for us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.